Today, uh, we're going to talk about a word that sometimes hard to say, but anymore, I really think that the word we're going to talk about today is, I don't want to say overused, but I think we use it to describe things that's kind of odd. And I want to talk about love today. I want to talk about love and its true meaning. Because now, today, love has become a very slang word. I mean, I love chocolate. A lot. If it were up to me, chocolate would be a vegetable. I would really love that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you can, yeah. Yeah, I got distracted there, but... Uh, but I love chocolate. I love college football. I love... What else do I love? I can only think of food right now for some reason. I love... Well, I was going to get to that. <laughs> but, and that's kind of where I was leading. You know, my love for chocolate, or my love for college football, is there. But it's nothing like my love for Rhonda, or my love for Abby, or my love for my mom, or my siblings, or, or you all. I think you've probably heard me say it before, that I love you. God loves us more than we can even imagine. And it's different. Those loves are different than my love for chocolate and college football. And my love for... Golf used to, but now not. Yeah. Um, but again, it's just love is one of the words that, uh, again, over time has been watered down. I'll never forget. Now, even friends, you know, when we say goodbye, middle school, middle school, you see girls after cheer practice say, I love you, or you know, and, and to, to each other, and that's fine, they, they do love each other, but, and used to, we save that word until that special moment when we're going to tell that special person, I love you. Do you remember that first time that you told the person that you want to spend the rest of your life with, or that you thought that might be the person you, that you loved them? Man, that's special. We, I held that back for a while. Actually, I didn't. I'm kind of an emotional guy, and, and, I, and I express it. Rhonda held that back for a long time. <laughs> I'd say, I love you. She said, I know you do. <laughs> she said, you love milkshakes, too. I said, I know. No. <laughs> but, uh, but now, again, it's easier, easier for us to say, those words, but think about that time, or if you have kids, think about, man, think about the first time you laid your eyes on your baby, or you held your baby. Who remembers that? Man, that is love. That's love. You can't explain that love. But again, in the English language, we have one word to describe all these. And it's translated from Greek, which has several words to describe word, or to describe love. 
So in translation, sometimes it gets lost. Again, I do love milkshakes, but not like I love Rhonda. I love many things, but not like I love my mom or like I love Abby. And not like I love you. What I really want you to think about again is just the deepest love that you've ever felt as we go through this. And we're going to talk about more of the Greek word is agape love, which is God's love for us. The love we should have for each other's souls. The love that we should be so passionate about. We should love our fellow mankind enough to sacrifice something or to sacrifice in order that we may tell people about Jesus or in order that they may hear about the good news. We should, we should love each other enough that we care about each other's souls. People in the church, people in our families, but people in the community, and people we haven't even met yet. That's the agape love we should have, is that we care for people's eternal life, their eternal well-being. And that's kind of what we're going to transition into is that type of love. The scripture I'm going to read this morning is, is very familiar. I've heard it read at weddings. I've heard it read at funerals. And all sorts of occasions. Because it's very important. Love is very important. And I'm going to read from 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verses 1 through 13. If I speak in tongues of mortals and of angels, but do not have love, I'm a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith, so to remove mountains, but do not have love, I'm nothing. If I give away all my possessions, and if I hand over my body so that I may boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing. You see, love is patient. Love is kind. Love is not envious or boastful or arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It's not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice in wrongdoing, but rejoices in truth. It bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. But as for prophecies, they will come to an end. As for tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge, it will come to an end. For we know only in part, and we prophesy only in part, but when the complete comes, the partial will come to an end. When I was a child, I spoke like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became an adult, I put an end to childish ways. For now we see in the mirror dimly, but then we will see face to face, now I know only in part, then I will know fully, even as I have been fully known. And now faith, hope, and love abide. These three, and the greatest of these, is love. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for, for your love, Lord. I just love beyond expl explanation, Lord. Your love, we can't even imagine the love you have for us. 
the care you have for us. Lord, but as we, we go through this lesson, Lord, I just pray that you open our minds and our hearts, Lord, and we realize that that type of love can only come through you, Lord. Lord, I just pray that, that you use me as a vessel, Lord, just to carry your word, Lord, and the people listening online, the people here today, receive the message that you have for them. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Again, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, the love chapter. Who's heard it called that before? The love chapter. If we back up to uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, Paul describes spiritual gifts. And if we skip ahead, if we skip ahead to 14, to chapter 14, he talks about how we should use the guidelines we should have for our spiritual gifts. And in the middle, he sandwiches love. He sandwiches love and the importance of love. You see, we need love. We need love. As human beings, we need, we need to receive love and we need to give love. For us to be complete, we need to have both. We need to be vessels that receive and we need to be tools who deliver love. You see, it's necessary to exercise our spiritual gifts. We've been blessed with so many things. The Lord's blessed us with so much. But to use those blessings, to use those gifts he's given us, we have to have love to make them work the way he's intended for them to work for us. You see, it's necessary to exercise this love, and it's necessary to make sacrifices. You see, without love, these gifts have no value. Without love, any ability you have has no value. Without love, any knowledge that you have has no value. Without love, any service, if you've got a gift of serving people, without love, it's useless. Love's what ties it all together. You see, it's a necessary virtue, no matter how you're gifted. The Lord has gifted us in so many different ways. I've seen many gifts in this congregation. I've seen many gifts in this community. And I've seen you use those gifts, and I've seen you love each other, so I know you know what I'm talking about. But love is the necessary thing that ties everything together. I want to talk about the, the qualities of love now. I want to talk first about what love is, and then I'm going, to, I'm going to stop and talk about what love's not, then I'm going to finish with what love is. Love is, if you read that scripture, it says love is patient. Love is patient. It endures, wrong, it endures wrongs patiently. And love is kind. Love is kind and obliging. You see, because love is not. You see, love does not envy. It does not boast. It's not arrogant. It's not rude. It does not seek its own way. And it's not irritable. Love thinks no evil. And it does not rejoice in wrongdoing. All those things are not what love's about. It does not come from love. You see, let me get back to what love is. You see, love rejoices in the truth. It bears all things. It believes all things. It hopes all things. It rejoices in the truth. Love rejoices in doing the right thing. 
Love rejoices when we serve the Lord, when we serve each other, when we're concerned for each other. Love rejoices. It rejoices in the truth. Love bears all things. It covers all things. Man, I have done so many... Y'all are going to find this hard to believe, but I've done so many dumb things in my life that I have. I've done so many things, I look back and think, what in the world was I thinking? But you know what? Love has covered every one of those dumb things I've done. You see, I can't make it on my own. On my own, I am selfish. We're humans. On my own, I do things that are not really smart. I've hurt people before. But you see, when I'm living in love, that love that comes from God, then I won't do that. You see, love's not irritable. Love is not irritable. Who thinks without love I can be irritable? Maybe a little. Maybe a lot. I've been irritable. I think I've told you some stories of me being irritable before. But without love, I can become irritable. I can become selfish, and when things don't go my way, I can let you know. But with love, with love, we don't worry so much about our own needs. We don't worry so much about our own feelings. We're so concerned with our brothers and sisters. We're so concerned with other people that we don't worry about that. And you see, love also does not rejoice in wrongdoing. Have you ever had somebody do something to you and you think, man, that was bad, I'm going to get them back? Hmm. And then you get them back, you think, man, that was great. Have you ever rejoiced like that? I know I have, yeah. I'll wait till I get them back. And then you feel guilty. You're like, man, I shouldn't have done that. But you see, we lose. We're not perfect beings. We've got to rely on God's love so much in everything that we do that we don't become resentful. We don't become people who just want to pay people back. That we become forgiving and loving like God is. Again, God is love. The love that I'm talking about only comes from God because that's who He is. That's who He is. If you want to replace the word love with God in this scripture, you can easily do that. You see, because God is patient. God is kind. God does not envy. God does not boast. God is not arrogant. God is not rude. God does not seek his own way. God is not irritable. God thinks no evil. God does not rejoice in wrongdoing. You see, God rejoices in truth. God bears all things. God believes all things. God hopes all things. All those qualities of love are qualities of our Lord and Savior. It should be our goal. 
just like we replace those words with God, we should be able to eventually replace those words with our name. Because our number one goal, our only goal as Christians, is to become more like Christ. Our only goal is to become more like our Lord and Savior. Who thinks Jesus loves them in here? Jesus loves us so much that he died on the cross for us. Even while we were sinners, when we were doing bad things to him, he loved us so much, he died on the cross. That's how much he loves our soul. You see, our goal as Christians is not to be better than anybody else. Our goal as Christians is not to be better. Our goal in, as Christians is to be like somebody, and that somebody is Jesus. That somebody is Jesus. We should have this goal that, again, instead of saying God's name or instead of saying love, we should say that Stacy is patient. Not always, but I'm working on it. Stacy is kind. And you can go through that same scripture and put your name in there, and you can tell where you need to work. Or you can ask Rhonda, and she can tell you where I need to work. A lot of them. I'm not always patient, but man, I want to be. I'm fairly kind, usually. I, I want to say we're, I don't envy, but again, we're human beings. We're, we're, we're selfish. I want to say I don't boast, but I, I do. And sometimes I'm a little bit arrogant. I don't like that part of me, but sometimes it happens. My goal is to get rid of that because I want to become more like Jesus. I don't want to boast. I don't want to be arrogant. Man, irritable. I don't, I don't want to be irritable. I don't want to think evil. And again, if you want to know how you're doing in this walk with Christ, read that scripture and see how you measure up. You're not going to be perfect. You will not be perfect yet. But your journey should be towards perfection. When we read it today, and then if we read it a week from now, we read it a year from now, are we a little bit closer than we were the first time we looked at it as ourselves? You see, that's my goal. It's not, my goal is perfection. My goal is perfection. My goal is to be like Christ, who is perfect, but I'm not there yet. But each time I read the scripture, I want to think about myself, and I want to think, I want to give God thanks for loving me this much, but I also want to be able to say, hey, I'm a little bit less arrogant than I was. I'm a little bit, I'm not there yet. I'm not there yet, but I'm not envying as much. That's what I want to see, because again, that, those attributes of love are the same attributes as our Lord and Savior and the, the, the great thing about it is, you see, love never ends. Love never ends. Love never ends. Love never fails. We've experienced loss. We've experienced things that do end. But you see, the love that comes from Christ, the love that we have for each other, never ends. It never fails. It's eternal.
You see, love abides. Love abides along with faith and hope. Love abides. Faith, hope, and love. The Greek word for abide is meno, which means to remain, to dwell, to continue. Love continues forever and ever. You see, it's greater than faith and hope. We have to have faith. We have to have faith in the Lord Jesus Christ to experience this type of love. But without love, without love, if we don't bind it all together with love, what do we have? In reality, what do we have? You see, love truly never ends. Love is perfect. The love that comes from Jesus Christ is perfect. It never ends. It's never less. Again, I love you, but God loves us more than we can even imagine. That love that comes from God is hard to fathom. That's the love we need to strive for, for each other and for God. You see, love is the way of Christ. You see, with Paul's description of love in this chapter, we see a picture of the character of Jesus Christ. Again, does our conduct measure up to Paul's description of love? When we deal with others, do we use this scripture in our dealings? Do we use this scripture with our relationships with each other? Do we use this scripture in a relationship with God? You see, remember, without love, our labor means nothing. Are we committed to walking in this type of love? Have you experienced that love that comes only from Jesus Christ? Have you accepted Him as your Lord and Savior? If you haven't, it's, it's, it's not too late to experience that type of love. Today's a perfect time. Again, when we're on this Christian journey, sometimes we stray away from this love because we're human beings. We are selfish. We do like things that we like, and sometimes they're not always good for us or not good for each other. But if we've been on this walk for a while and we stray away from this type of love, I pray that you come back to that love today, that you experience it. And you receive salvation, the type of love that Christ was willing to pay the ultimate sacrifice for each and every one of us. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for loving us. Lord, thank you for giving us this type of love that we don't even understand. Lord, you created us to receive your love, Lord, and you created us to love each other, Lord. Just, I pray that each of us this week and in the coming weeks, Lord, that we, we strive to show the love that you've shown us. In Jesus' name, amen.